0: Amen. Thank you, Raul. Good morning, church. My name is Scott. It's good to be with you. September 25th, big day because 12 years ago, this church started on this day ish, like within a day. Bethany North. We started uh, Bethany Community Church, has been around for 100 plus years, but 12 years ago, almost to the day, about 50 people, some in this very room, said, hey, we want to be a neighborhood church where people can connect and serve and make Jesus known. The church, uh, we want to be in relationship with people. And so... Uh, Those are called plank owners, people that started 12 years ago. Like I said, many are still part of fellowship, so grateful. From that day forward, this has been a community church where people are using their gifts and serving and all-in. And so, like Raul said, today I'm talking about a value of growing. Our scripture comes from Psalm 1. And the hope would be that God would speak to you today to come alive in your faith, that this would be a place where your roots would grow deep and you would be known And over and over and over again, even in the pre-service prayer today, all the volunteers, when you volunteer on a Sunday, we meet here early. And the best part of it is that we pray in twos or threes. There's this hunger for deeper connection with each other. There's a a loneliness that's pervading the church. And so our hope for the season ahead is that we would be growing to God and with each other. The value is grow. Scripture today comes from Psalm 1. Blessed Before the wicked will not, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Let's pray now. Lord, thank you so much for your church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for it all, God. We know that you use many different ways to grow us as your people. We would ask that you would speak to us individually and collectively by the power of your spirit right now. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So, launch Sunday, like Raul said, today is our third of our values week. We talked week one about gather, that the gathering has mattered to God's people, that when we come together in church, we're so grateful for those of you online as well, but when we gather together with other Christians, that's where the Spirit of God shows up. Last week, we talked about go, being people of mission, serving Bethany, and welcoming kids, or serving coffee. Go supporting our missionaries, be on a global trip, volunteer as a youth coach, just do something to be a blessing in the world, go. And then today is our third and final of our value series. Uh, We're talking about grow, where we would be deeply growing to God and other people. I want you to look at somebody on your left or the right, look them deep in the eyes and say, God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow. And then look at the same person and just say how just you know if you want you could use the hands how like how like that's what God wants to say uniquely to you today he wants to say something specific to you a how of how to grow here I'm not a great gardener. Told, last summer I felt like I told stories about my tomato plants. I'm not going to talk about my tomato plants, but in my office, my former office at The uh, Junction, uh, we had plants, and Mary uh, Malding, who has worked at Bethany for a long time, and she assists across Bethany North, she would bring different plants in, and they, they would be there for a while, and then they would die. And then she'd put a different one, and they'd look beautiful, and they would die. And then finally, something changed where I was, you know, a plant without care isn't gonna last. And there was this plant in my office and I was so grateful because either the species or the care of Mary, like unbeknownst to me, this thing just always was green, always was beautiful, almost like unreal. And a couple months later, I was like, Mary, thank you so much for caring for my plants because it's so nice that they're not dying. She's like, touch it, Scott. And I reached out and touched the plant. It was plastic, unbeknownst to me. (laughs) It was a plastic plant. And I was like, wow. So nothing grows without care. And we can sometimes, to take that metaphor, which is kind of funny, or that story, and apply it to our lives, we can want the appearance of liveliness or growth. But if we're not careful, it looks real but is not. And that's what the church really has been criticized for They're like, hey, yeah, you talk a game, but are you actually growing here from the inside out? Real growth will mean that care is necessary, attention is necessary. Growth doesn't just happen, not in plants, in an office, not in our spiritual life, not in a natural world. But to, to grow is essential for God's people. It's, it's a value here, um, but it's a value to you because The hope from the scriptures is that you would be coming alive, that you would be changed from the inside out, that you would be people not just existing, but that you would be thriving. And Psalm 1 gives us this really clear picture that in order to grow, our surroundings matter, our inputs matter, our company matters, our relationship, because no one grows alone. And so Psalm 1, as we unpack it today, there's just three really simple elements to consider for our time together from Psalm 1 on this value of grow. The psalmist David, likely for Psalm 1, says, to grow, don't do some things. Do do others, and remember that no one grows alone. And my hope is that God speaks to you specifically today in some way. of there's something that God is asking you to do, some step towards growth, so that you would come alive by Christ in this season, in this church. Let's look at the first one. To grow, says the psalm, don't do these things. Look at verse 1, and then also 4 and 6. Blessed is one, psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Jump to verse 4. Not so the wicked, they're like a shaft that the wind blows away. The wicked will not stand in judgment or in the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So it's interesting. Someone starts nice, blessed be you, if you don't do these three things. There's like a triple negative going on there. Don't, don't walk like this. Don't, don't stand like this. Uh, don't sit like this. There's a progression. Don't walk. Don't stand. Don't sit. Not with the wicked. Not with the sinners. Not with the mockers. Now, at face value, it's kind of confusing because Jesus was constantly interacting with sinners, with the wicked, with the unrighteous. He was criticized by religious people for this very thing. And so as I did some digging and some research this week, like what exactly is Psalm 1 said? Like don't walk with the wicked. What are the wicked that David's talking about? The wicked here from Psalm 1 are people who don't believe in God at all and are hostile to anything of faith. Uh, Don't Don't stand with the sinners. Who are the sinners that David's talking about? These are people who are in a faith community, but don't really live like it. And don't seek to grow. Uh, Don't sit with the mockers. Who are the mockers? Those are people in a community who constantly criticize. Don't sit with people like that. Don't make a home with people who are constantly critical of God's people, of God's church, of God's activity, don't, don't live like that. And one of, this, one of the things this psalm asks us to consider is like, who am I in this psalm? Am I somebody who's constantly critical? Am I a mocker? Am I a sinner? Am I growing towards God or growing away from God? And Psalm 1 is just super clear. Like, you're all gonna grow towards something, either towards God or towards something else. So consider very much your choices, your surroundings, your inputs, your soil, the things that are feeding you. And as someone just makes a point that the people that are around you will contribute to your flourishing or to your detriment. Jesus constantly criticized for the people he surrounded himself But Jesus wasn't being contaminated. He was being the light into the different places he walks. So it's like I I need you at the Seahawks game, cheering like crazy today, and loving Jesus. I need you if you're called to like, oh you know, friends and I, like, we're having a dinner party, we're going to a bar, we're like, it's it's not the context that we should worry about. It's who you are in the context. And the warning that your personal decisions and how you're personally choosing to glorify God will grow you or grow you away from God. Psalm 92 says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in the old age. They will stay fresh and they will stay green. I love that encouragement, because for a lot of us the last couple years, it would be hard to define ourselves as people growing like crazy. We've seen a lot of things not growing, but the scripture calls us to be people on a trajectory. 2 Peter 3, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, now and forever. That is our mission statement. As Christians, like, I want to follow Jesus, great, welcome to the family, now grow grow with God, and grow with God's people. And at the end of Psalm 1, there's that warning, like not the wicked. They're like shaft. They are going to dry up, and they're going to blow away. But God's people will be nourished. They will be vibrant. I don't know how many of you have heard of the Aral Sea in the former USSR. The Aral Sea. Aral Sea, I, I just learned about this this month. I find it fascinating. The Aral Sea, and I think we have an image here, at one point was the Fourth largest lake in the world, 26,000 square miles, an inland sea. It was massive, but starting in about 1990, scientists watching from satellites confirmed that the, that the lake was disappearing, that scientists were confounded, because the image you see here behind me was 40 years ago, and this is the Aral Sea as it stands today. And by thousands of geopolitical and agricultural decisions, the the RLC just just dried up. And you could ask, like, how would a sea dry up over some six decades? It disappeared one decision at a time, one day at a time, one missed opportunity at a time. For us as God's people, and we're called to grow. We're called to flourish. What Colossians 1 says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And when I sit with the Lord every morning, I pray for you. I pray, I pray for my family I pray for myself and I pray for you that this would be a season that you would grow, that God would make you alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are meant to grow. Have, consider carefully, says David, who you walk with, who you stand with, who you sit with. Are you in a culture of negativity? Are you in a culture of bad decisions that is pulling you away from the heartbeat of God Get back, don't be the arrow Sea, and refuel in Christ. To that, we'll pivot to the second thing, where David says to grow, do do some things. Like, do things very carefully. Look at Psalm 1, verse 2. Blessed be those whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed be those whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Blessed be so those two parts. Those who delight in the law of the Lord and those who meditate on God's law day and night. Part one, delight in the law of law. How do we delight in the law of the Lord? If, if the law of the Lord is Jesus, we're gonna talk about it in just a minute, but we delight in the law of the Lord by exposing ourselves to Jesus' scriptures, like a house plant, a real one, not a fake one, who needs sun, like we need encouragement. We need encouragement that needs to come to us from scripture. As God's people, I need to implore you in this busy season of your life, you need scripture. You need that kind of encouragement. So for you to to make a home in God's scripture. And paper Bible, Bible bible.com, digital download, verse of the day, there's thousands of options. Expose yourself every single day to the Bible. The Bible has so many hidden delights, and, and just gyms. And you can read the same verse over and over and over again, but every year as you're different, every day as you're different, the Bible's different. Consider when Jesus says, you know, consider the lilies of the field. They do not labor, and they do not spin, says Jesus, in both Matthew and Luke. They're more glorious than all Solomon's fun. I read that this week in my, in my daily plan. I was like, I never saw that word spin before. Like, Who feels like there's, you know, I won't ask for a show of hands, but like, man, I just feel like I'm spinning right now. All the emails, all the stuff, all, like, consider the lilies of the field. They do not labor. I kind of remember that. They do not spin. So then at breakfast that morning, I have something to ask my kids about. Like, what's making you spin out right now? On a walk with a church friend, like, have you ever seen that before in Matthew or Luke? Like, what's spinning? Like, this is what being with the Bible does. It gives us a new vantage point on our life. The Bible reads us through the Lord. So that we would be people growing in, thinking about the law, reading God's word. The second part of that, if you want to grow, says the psalmist, meditate on God. Pray to God. Expose yourself to God's presence. Express your gratitude to God. Ask God to help with your children, with your church, with your roommates, with your, like, meditate. What the psalmist says is there, day and night. Like, we need to be people in God's word and in God's presence through prayer. Not so that we could earn God's love, but that we would be dwelling in it, reminded of who he's created to be. And when you're like, you know, I'm busy, it's like, do an iPhone check. How much screen time did you do in the last week? How many times did I scroll Facebook or Instagram or ESPN.com? How are those mariners doing? Like I'm, you know, the phone is out a lot right now because I'm a huge mariner fan. But it's like, that's great. I'm super, you know, I'm wondering what the what the mariners are doing. How much more, in addition, do I need to make time and space in my life every day for God's word and God's presence? Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the decrees of the Lord assure, making wise the simple. Jesus was the embodiment of the law of God. Psalm 1 was written before the incarnation of God as Christ. And so what David says there is meditate on the law. Like, think about the law, pray to the law. Who is the law? It's singular here. And it's going to move in someone to plural of streams of water, of like, you're going to see that in just a minute. I'll just hold on that. But the law, the law of the Lord. Meditate on the law of the Lord. Matthew 5, Jesus said, Do you not think that I came to abolish the law? I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. So with someone saying, Meditate on the law of the Lord. What the psalmist saying is meditate on God, meditate on Christ, His presence, pray, read about Him through the Scriptures. It's super important for us as God's people that we would be just thoughtful about what is growing us in the season. How are we coming alive? How are we yearning to experience more of God's fullness? When I was a high school teacher, helping kids grow, I would give them good words about the meaning of life and preach Christ through, you know, non-Jesus ways. And then I would be a young life and a church leader and got to do the Jesus ways. But we taught a story to my ninth graders called The Little Prince. And the writer in that book talks about how to really grow. And the writer says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. And sometimes I worry that in the church, we, we drum up humans. We gather wood. We give plans. We ask you to do things. But I want to ask instead, what do you yearn for in this season? Where do you yearn to grow in your relationships? And your faith, and your hope, and your purpose? What are you yearning for? What are you asking God to grow in you? And I will challenge and encourage you at the same time that you're probably more to the person on your left or your right than you think, because there is a longing in this room right now to grow. And I want to encourage you, friends, the one place to grow your life is in Jesus Christ. And the stuff that we long for at work, the stuff we're looking for on the mountain or in the professional sports realms, the thing we're looking for, all of it is bound up in a deep and fruitful relationship with Jesus. And as we grow in our faith, we grow in our life. That's what Psalm 1 says. God's word, God's present, where are we coming alive? I've got some questions. I think they're in your bulletin. I know we have a slide here, too. Like, Would you consider yourself growing in your faith right now or fairly stagnant? What is the momentum of your core relationships? Are they growing? Are they not? What is God inviting you into to, like Psalm 1 says, plant you by streams of water? The Bible is so true that if we remain rooted in Christ, and Christ's people, we will come alive. There's this incredible verse from Jeremiah which says the same thing. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water, just like Psalm 1, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is the role of church in the season ahead. We want you to hear God's word. We want you to know God's presence. We want you to connect with God's people. We want you to grow. And I know there's been a lot of discouragements over many of your lives. And some of you feel like, man, how do I, how do I come alive in Christ in this season? And so I just get to speak that word of hope and truth. You are not the sum of your bad decisions. You are not the mistake that you did or didn't do. You are not the absence of something from a previous season. You are God's, and God's alone. So plant your roots there and come alive. And may this be a church that we're doing that together. We want you to grow. At our house, we have a, uh, I don't know, a, a chart of growth. It's got my four kids on it, it's got two dogs on it. And each line is an age, is an initial, is a season. Sometimes the kids keep growing past the dad. Growth in the human body is inevitable. And each one of those lines is so significant it's not just a line, it's, it's a moment, it's a snapshot, it's a purpose. And you can't rush to the, like, I wish I could rush to the six-foot line. It's, I'm still hoping, 48 years. <laughs> all you can do is live today. It's all you can do. And those of you raising little ones, or aunts, or uncles, or nieces, or special friends, like, you have a purpose to grow into the life, not that they might be taller in a year, like you just have this day that God has given you. You have your life and this season for this church. We want you to come alive. We want you to grow. And that's our final point, that this Psalm one says that to grow, there's a promise here, receive God's promise. That you can grow, but that no one grows alone. Look at verse uh, uh, three from Psalm 1. Blessed be the person who's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I mean, like when you really look at those words, like not wither, prosper, it's like, oh, that is so good. We need that now more than ever before. And as you dig into Psalm 1, you see some things, even for me as I was studying this week, you see new things. What does David say there? The tree is like something planted, a tree planted by streams of water. Now if you deep dive into that word planted, it's a Hebrew word, shetel, which means to be planted at the hands of another, to be transplanted. Now I, I'm not a master gardener, but when you transplant something, it's because with care as a gardener, you take something where it's going to thrive. And this tree, by the streams of water, it's not an accident. It's not an oak acorn that just drifted there. Like What, what David is saying is like, God will plant you. God, God cares for you and doesn't want you to just be willy-nilly. You're not like a, a, a pumpkin patch, you know, volunteer that just, whoa, where'd that thing come from? No, God has intended for you to be planted by his streams of water. It's beautiful imagery. I really want you to dwell on that in the week ahead. May you consider yourself planted by the Heavenly Father, the Master Gardener who has planted you in your life right now, planted you in this church, in this room, planted you with the people on your left or right. If you're here alone, somebody back home. You are planted on purpose. What else shows up there in verse 3? You are planted by streams of water. Now, if you're doing a a Bible study there, remember earlier, it's like you're meditating on the law of the Lord, singular, but there are streams of water that will come alive. It's amazing. And I think what the psalmist is acknowledging there is there's many things streams from God that can grow you, worshiping, experiencing the spirit in nature, reading God's scriptures, Christian community, spiritual discipline. The key is there's more than enough water. There's more than enough. There are streams of water. Think what Jesus said in John 7. Whoever believes in me out of his heart will flow what? Rivers, plural again, of living water. Like, what a contrast from that Aral Sea that dies at the hands of political or poor environmental decisions. The God that we worship, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. There's more than enough for you to be fed, to you to be full, for you to be nourished, for you to find life. And it's such a beautiful promise of growth in the season ahead. That for those of us anchored next to this kind of streams of water, the fruit will come, the leaf will not wither, there will be a prospering. And I know for a lot of us we've not prospered or seen prospering at large. This is a wake-up call. That only the streams of God's living water will sustain us and fulfill us. There's more than enough. That's what the call from Psalm one is. And the big point that I really want to kind of end us on is this encouragement from Psalm one is that you can't grow alone. It doesn't happen in the forest. It doesn't happen in a cornfield. You can't plant a singular corn of stock. It doesn't happen in the life of church. And despite what culture is saying, we need each other now more than ever before. Consider this. Did you know in 1999, 73% of Americans were in church in some fashion? They belonged to a church. And now, 20 years later, it's 47%. So in 20-some years, we've lost almost 30% of people who say that church, a community of other believers, matters. And at the same time, research from the Harvard Happiness Study is telling us that strong relationships will be far and away the strongest predictor of our life satisfaction and the best prediction of a long and happy life. More than social class, wealth, fame, IQ, or even our genetics. It's our relationships that matter. So Bethany, we have this logo, and it looks a little lonely, doesn't it? I I was talking about this with the group that we study scriptures with every Monday. I'm like, we need a new logo. We need more trees. A lot of us feel like the lone tree on the ridge line. And they reminded me, Scott, trees like this don't grow alone. Now, if you could like kind of shadow out, there'd be a whole forest. We've gotta grow together. We do, and I don't want you to be busy, but I do want you to be connected in the season ahead. Not all the things, just a thing. Joining a group this fall, being part of Team North, being involved in the I'm not done yet, 55 plus, had a barbecue, get involved with Summit tonight for high schoolers or reach junior high, like somewhere that you would be connected to others because we don't grow alone. I don't know if you've heard of um, one of the largest organisms in the world. There's some debate about which is the largest organism in the world, but one of the largest organisms is an aspen grove in Utah called pando. I don't know if you've seen this before. I learned this recently. I thought it was quite remarkable. That pando is what it's called because it means I spread in Latin. This is a aspen stand in Utah, which is under distress right now. That's a different sermon for our environmental series this spring, but it's a quaking aspen clone. It's 106 acres. It's made up of over 40,000 genetically identical, really branches that look like tree. It's quaking aspen. And this is the remarkable thing. All 106 acres, all 47,000 trees, they have identical DNA. They're all one tree. That's actually one singular aspen tree. Just different branches growing up. The largest organization in the world is the church. still is over seven billion people in the world, over two and a half billion are Christ followers. We are bigger than Pando. (laughs) We are the force in the world. We are a place of good. We are a place where people can come alive. And I know we have done much harm in the name of Jesus Christ. Come back next week as we talk about our race and justice sermon series. But for today, we want you to grow here, and no one grows alone. I don't want you to do all the things, but I want you to be able to name, God, where am I growing right now? Where am I coming alive? By the Bible, by God's presence and prayer, and how am I coming alive in my relationships here? And if you're lonely, you're not alone. You're not alone. There are many in this room that feel lonely, and I lament that with you. And I want you to invite you, a bunch of lonely people experiencing God together in the season ahead, that we would grow as God's people to Him, to each other. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your scriptures. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise that we can grow, that we're mindful of who we spend time with and the inputs, the stuff we fill our mind, our social media feed, that, God, you're encouraging, calling us back to be anchored in you, and that in this season, God, you would call us out of so much loneliness and allow us to connect and see each other and see you. Lord Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray, amen. As we close, the band is here on stage. Our prayer team members are gonna be on the left or right. I wanna invite you to consider doing something brave today. And as we sing, I'm gonna do something that maybe you grew up in a church, like, oh, I remember when we used to do this as a kid. We did it here at Bethany North a couple months ago. But I wanna invite you either to come and pray with one of our prayer team members about something that God put on your heart when you think about how to grow in this church in the season. These prayer team members have been trained and equipped. They've been praying all week for this moment to see you grow here in this church. And for others... I want to invite you to come down forward and to pray to god in your heart you can stand you can kneel and you would pray this prayer god i want to grow here would you help me with one specific thing so if you want to pray like something like "Well, what does that mean just come forward and pray and then when you're done you walk back to your seat and i know it's awkward but something happens as we move or faith is being activated but this is the wrinkle that i want to invite you to If somebody in your life needs to grow, one of your roommates, one of your friends, one of your parents, one of your children, I want to invite you down. I want you to call out to the Lord in your heart of hearts and pray that they would grow. And if you see somebody who you came to church with or one of your friends down here praying, I want you to come forward, and I want you to lay a hand on their shoulder, and I want you to pray for them. We can think about this Aspen Grove in Utah, but I'm telling you, like, we are bigger the church is bigger. And as we're literally kneeling and touching and connected, this is us living into what God is asking us to do in the season ahead. If you want to stay seated, you know, hashtag COVID, Scott, hey, get the message. We shouldn't be touching each other. Stay where you're at, but pray that God would grow you or grow somebody that you love. And if you came with a, like I said, a kid, a husband, wife, roommate, like feel free to like touch a knee, touch a shoulder. Like I want us to be a network of living organisms in here, touching each other by the power of God. Not awkwardly, not inappropriately, just (laughs) growing. So we're going to sing. Our prayer team members would love to pray for you. The front is open. When you're done praying, you can get up and walk back. If there's somebody that you love that's up here, come and just lay your hand on them or stand behind them and pray over them. Let's live into what the Spirit's asking us to do to grow together. Let's worship.